Welcome to the Shift Gold Friday Gold Wrap, your overview of this week's precious metals news. It's Friday, October 5th. I'm your host, Mike Meharry. Thanks for tuning in. The gold yo-yo continued its up and down motion this week. As I record this podcast, we're back above $1,200. Last week, the price of the yellow metal dipped after the Fed nudged interest rates up another 25 basis points and everybody was all giddy about the economy. But the price inched up this week on some bargain hunting and safe haven buying. The budget issues in Italy were making people a little jittery earlier this week, and that fueled the safe haven buying, although that seems to have calmed down. As far as bargain hunting goes, like I've been saying, at around $1,200, gold is on sale, and some investors are taking advantage. The sale of American Gold Eagle coins surged in September, according to the latest data from the U.S. Mint. Investors snapped up 60,500 ounces of Gold Eagle bullion. That compares to just 35,500 ounces in August, a 41% increase. This also represents a healthy year-on-year increase. The U.S. Mint sold just 36,000 ounces of American Gold Eagles in September 2017. Investors are snapping up silver at bargain prices as well. In fact, with the silver-gold ratio at around 82, silver is arguably a better buy than gold. Investors seem to get this too. American Silver Eagle sales were also up in September. The Mint sold 2,897,500 one-ounce silver bullion coins. That compares with just over 1.5 million ounces in August. It was the best month for silver sales at the Mint since last January. Annually, silver sales were up 89% compared with September 2017. In fact, American Silver Eagle sales were so brisk last month, the U.S. Mint temporarily sold out. The biggest financial news of the week was a big sell-off in bonds on Wednesday. The yield on the 10-year U.S. Treasury hit its highest level since 2011. The sell-off spread across the globe on Thursday morning. Zero Hedge called the spike in yields a, quote, monster move. Yesterday morning, I posted on my Facebook page that the stock market was going to tank. And I was right. The Dow closed down about 200 points. I nailed that prediction. But it's not because I'm a psychic. It's just basic finance. Stock markets don't like rising interest rates. Now, in a normal world, this wouldn't be that big of a deal. But we don't live in a normal world. We live in a world drowning in debt. Because of that, Rising interest rates should strike the fear of God into all of us. But it doesn't seem to be doing that at all. Nobody seems terribly concerned. People are still caught up in this booming economy. But make no mistake about it. The debt and these rising interest rates are a huge problem. Let's look at this for a minute. September 30th marked the end of the federal government's 2018 budget year. According to data released by the U.S. Treasury Department, the federal debt grew by nearly $1.3 trillion in fiscal 2018, $1,271,158,167,126.72 to be exact. It was the sixth largest fiscal year debt increase in the history of the United States. The total federal debt currently stands at about $21.5 trillion. Now, that's bad enough, but the Republicans controlling the entire federal government, 
don't seem inclined to do anything about this. They're not addressing it all. In fact, they're spending money at a record clip. In August, the U.S. government set a single-month spending record, burning through $433.3 billion and running up a monthly deficit of $214 billion. Federal government spending came in 30% higher than August 2017, and it ranked as the highest monthly outlay on record. Now, there's no sign at all that this pace of spending is going to slow down. President Trump recently signed an $853 billion spending bill. The Republicans still haven't passed an actual budget. The most recent spending bill funds the Department of Defense, Education, Labor, Health, and Human Services, all for one year. It also provides money for agencies not covered by this legislation or by a previous spending bill through December 7th. So we're going to do this again in December. This piecemeal approach to spending makes it really difficult to track exactly how much the federal government is really spending. Suffice to say, it's a crapload of money. Now, let's put this in context of rising interest rates. This, ladies and gentlemen, is a real problem. I know I keep harping on this debt thing, but somebody has to. Paul Krugman once used the term fiscal doomsday device. Ironically, he was talking about government spending cuts in the midst of a recession. But this debt and rising interest rates, that's the real fiscal doomsday device. At some point, it's going to burst the bubbles. The 200-point stock market drop was just a precursor, like a tremor before a big earthquake. But at some point, people are going to figure it out. They are going to realize this is unsustainable, and the air is going to come out of the bubbles. But when I talk about this, people just get mad, especially Trump supporters. They keep touting the rising stock market and the booming economy as proof of the president's economic prowess. It really all comes down to the tax cuts for these folks. Look, I get it. We love tax cuts. Tax cuts are great. But without any accompanying cuts in spending, they are exacerbating the debt problem. We still have to pay for government. As Peter Schiff has put it, we got tax relief without any government relief. But this whole tax cut thing is a Republican talking point. That's this notion that cutting taxes will fix every economic problem. But this only works on GOP campaign mailers. Tax cuts can't fix a decade of Fed intervention. But Trump supporters are convinced he's fixed the economy. America is great again. Sadly, they are being led down a primrose path to ruin. I'm going to sum up this whole thing as simply as I can. The economy and the stock market are, to steal a phrase from the president, a big, fat, ugly bubble. Now, this has very little to do with the president and everything to do with the Federal Reserve, monetary policy, and the business cycle. I'm going to try to break this down as simply as I can. One, the U.S. economy is built on debt fueled by easy money since the 2008 crash. Government debt is at record levels, as I've just highlighted. Household debt is at record levels. Corporate debt is at record levels. Two, the Fed is in the process of normalizing interest rates. Simply put, interest rates are going up. We saw that this week. Three, rising interest rates mean no more cheap money. The punch bowl is being pulled away, and the party is about to end. Four, there is no way the U.S. economy can continue to grow in a high interest rate environment. There is too much debt. The cost of servicing existing debt will rise and new borrowing will become more expensive. 
five. The bubbles will start to burst. It's already started in the emerging markets. Six, there isn't thing one Trump or any other president can do about this. And number seven, sadly, capitalism is going to get the blame when the whole thing comes crashing down. In other news, you can add Poland to the list of countries buying gold. The Polish Central Bank added about seven tons of gold to its reserves in July and another two tons in August, according to International Monetary Fund data. It was the largest gold purchase by Poland since 1998. Poland's gold reserves now stand at the highest level since at least 1983, according to IMF data. A number of countries have been buying gold in recent months to diversify and minimize their exposure to the U.S. dollar. Central banks have bought a total of 264 tons of gold this year, with Russia leading the way. According to the IMF, central bank purchases accounted for about 10% of gold demand for the first half of 2018. Poland is the first EU country to make significant gold purchases since the late 1990s. The National Bank of Poland wouldn't comment on the recent increase in its reserves. A senior economist at MBank SA told Bloomberg he thought Poland was simply seeking to diversify its reserves. He said perhaps the basic criterion is the low price of gold combined with the expectation for higher global inflation. Another analyst told Bloomberg that Poland's purchase could signal gold's appeal to central banks is widening. He said a broader and more representative base of central bank buyers can only be good news for the overall gold market. World Gold Council Managing Director of Central Banks and Public Policy, Natalie Dempster, said countries also may be buying gold amid expectations that the global monetary system may be shifting away from the U.S. dollar. Just last week, the EU announced it will create a special payment channel to circumvent U.S. economic sanctions and facilitate trade with Iran. Diversification isn't just a good strategy for central banks. It's important for individual investors as well. To learn more about how you can use precious metals to diversify your portfolio, talk to a Shift Gold precious metal specialist today. Just call 1-888-GOLD-160. Well, that's a gold wrap for this week. You can get more details on all of these stories and more and keep up with the latest precious metals news and analysis throughout the week at shiftgold.com news. And if you haven't done it already, subscribe to the Friday Gold Wrap at iTunes for free. There's a link on our show notes page. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you again next week.